Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. Well, you know what they call him? I call him Master Blywalker. Others call him Luke Bly. How are you, my friend? Whee, nice one. Nice one, Matty boy. No, I, I am good, you naughty boy. Uh, how on earth are you, mate? I am doing very well, my friend. I've had a nice chill evening listening to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Oh. Um, but I've also been watching YouTube videos. One of them is called The Fluffiest Pancakes You'll Ever Eat. Ten minutes on how to make the fluffiest pancakes, what not to use, what measurements heaven now well, i really want a pancake so fluffy right well we're talking about american so pancakes fluffy. Right? yeah that oh, thick and fluffy ones i love my favorite pancakes. type bit of butter on it a drenched in syrup oh. you know just just give it to me now but so I i've love, been watching those man i love that in in the states right where whenever i've been to the states the syrup is like american syrup as opposed to maple syrup yes you know it's not like the canadian stuff it's like no nah, this is the on artificial goodness yeah uh, full on right I, jobby. I really like oh, oh man i could destroy some i hop that yeah it's not called i hop anymore is it it's i something else over I there i think yeah something like that they've changed i have uh yeah been to all of those i remember i went to this this is really random i went to this really good diner in bakersfield california nice. And I think it was called Big Bear Diner, something like that. And it was mental. Big Bear. I, I, it was something like that. And because it's on the way to like, if you're leaving Los Angeles, it's like on the way to Northern California, right? Yeah. And um, and yeah, there was like, I don't know, it was like $10. It was called The Grizz. And it's everything. It, like everything you can imagine on an American breakfast is there. But I tell you what, mate. I love it. I adore it. But I tell you what, full English breakfast. Oh, bro. Dude. I haven't well, one of those in ages. I'm not going to, you can't whack a good full English. Obviously a massive stack of pancakes, butter, maple, crispy bacon, bish bash bosh. Love a bit of nosh. Yes, please. But honestly, you get like a, a plate the size of the desk I'm sitting on now, like oh, swimming in just fried bits. goodness. Baked beans, dude. sausages, and they're good tomatoes, man. Dude, yeah. Tomatoes, fri- fried egg, scrambled egg, uh, a bit of poached if you're feeling saucy, sausages. Some people like chips. Hash browns. I don't mind chips. Have your hash browns. Hash browns uh, like a fistful of bacon. Um, oh, I, I sometimes have chips in mine. If I go to a greasy yeah, spoon, man. a cheeky, filthy place. Yeah, toast center. or fried bread. Yep. Yeah. Just oh, mate. give it to me. Dip that, dip, dip, dip. I was watching. Hang on, let me get my phone out. I was watching a guy on YouTube. <laughs> We're talking about YouTube videos. There's this northern bloke, uh, English northern, 
I'm, I'm aware we have international listeners <laughs> yeah, who, yeah. Uh, who goes around like reviewing mental food, like around England, like proper working class food. And he went, he drove to like this suburb of Manchester or somewhere in the Northwest where he went and got like this fry up outside this, uh, grandma's house. She's been doing like fry ups to people. <laughs> there we go. Rate my takeaway. It's called 609,000 nice. views. What an absolute lad. Go watch him. Uh, basically that's it. But uh, other than that, mate, but we're talking about all this food i'm getting a bit hungry and i've had oh, dinner well, no animal those- scoops this week are, are there no we thought we'd take a week off from that game today and instead we thought we'd just watch how to make fluffy pancakes but if yeah. you're new to the show welcome that's our food tips of the week <laughs> uh how are you luke anyway <laughs> yeah no i'm good that's it really like I-, I think one of the first things we said to each other when we popped on was like man can't believe it was a week ago we were running around like Canvey, Corriton, like this part of South Essex, ch- taking photos of the Andor set at Corriton yeah. Oil Refinery. So, um, yeah, it's nicer to have a bit more of an indoorsy Monday, to be honest. But um, how are you recovering from your sunburn, by the way? Yeah, I'm so, uh, being covering myself in coconut oil and things like that and just yeah. trying to try not to feel I honestly, I was caned last week, but I think I'm just about getting over it now, but there is still a slight redness to my nose and my forehead. Matt but, uh, Hudson you know, fans are just thinking, man, I, I just want that photo of Matt Hudson in coconut oil. Please <laughs> upload that. Upload that to Instagram with well, a little we, thumbs up. Star we have Wars a Patreon tier. I think it's called Another Happy Landing. Yes. That's, you, if you sign up to that, I'll send it to you. I think that's three and a half grand that tier is. Yeah, do it. Do it. If, you're not, do it. if you're not doing it, then what's wrong with you? What exactly. Is, if, like, you, if you are a rich prince from like Abu Dhabi, or somewhere like that or princess well do they do princesses in abu dhabi i don't know actually do now because i've asked well yeah we'll google that after sorry (laughs) if i've offended anyone (laughs) but there we yeah um yeah go on pay the three thousand pound tier come on mate we know you got the money princesses Um, come on yeah, but that's it, mate. That is it. I'm ready to get stuck into some Star Warsy goodness with this week. I look forward to it every single week, mate. Come on. Of course, mate. So uh, there's our food and our usual weekly intros. But now in the background, you know what I can hear, my friend? I can hear those dusty old chimes of Big Ben Kenobi, which can only mean one thing. I think it means, Maddie boy, it is the Galactic News Round. Mark Hamill has revealed that Chewbacca was originally going to wear lederhosen in A New Hope amidst concerns about his lack of clothing. According to online reports, the Knights of the Old Republic game will be part of canon and is indeed being helmed by Aspire Studios. On May the 4th, props and memorabilia from the late David Prowse's Star Wars collection will be put up for auction to raise money for Alzheimer's Research UK. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star Wars. And you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably the UK's best Star Wars program. 
Now, tonight's main discussion is going to be a fun one. Um, for those who like a little bit of R&B music and also Star Wars, well, we've got a little something for you tonight. Our guest tonight was once in chart-topping R&B group MN8, but he's now in Star Wars. He goes by the name of Details. How are you, mate? I'm very good, man. I'm very good. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to come and chit-chat to us, D. We know you are a bit of a legend. Like Mayboy said, in both of these industries. Um, yeah. Just briefly, do you want to tell our listeners about MN8? and your career in music and then we can dive straight into the star wars talk because d has a rich star wars history to (laughs) talk to us about so d take it away buddy oh wow um yeah emanate details kg cool t g man we we kind of all just met up around the same kind of scene and it just so happened that um one singer g man um, saw me dancing in a club and came up to me and I had, I had a chat and uh, just asked if I uh, could rap and things like that. And I said, well, you, well, I don't rap. I can string hooks together, you know. Um, I'm <laughs> that way. You know, I'm not really a, I'm a freestyler as such, but um, I could add some flavor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, at that time, it was kind of like, well, how do we all balance work and things like that? And it was just one of those instant things where we just said yes, you know, and, and jumped in. Uh, we, oh, man, you're taking me back, man. So, so we, <laughs> we were very hands-on with our own image. So I ended up styling the band, ended up choreographing the band, um, which, which also meant stage performance. So it was kind of like, you know, get to a point where you know the routine and we just pick and choose how much we want to do at any given time. It was. It had to be that kind of natural because that's the guys who I was working with. Because I think our first live performance was on the Word, and then when we launched, we did all these road shows and did Smash It's road shows um, and things like that. And um, I remember doing Zig and Zag on the Big Breakfast. Yes. Uh, yeah, Zig and Zag. I remember them. Listen, listen. They're as cool as you saw them on TV. <laughs> Zig and Zag were quality when I was growing up. I remember seeing him as a kid when I was younger, before school and that on a big breakfast and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. At one point they said, have you got any news for us? You know, anything exclusive? And we didn't, you know. And then our manager just whispered to us, tell them you're touring with Janet Jackson. And, and, we, mm. and you know, we, we like to take the mick quite a bit. We take the mick out of ourselves, everything. We're just complete jokers when we're together. And so we just thought it was a line we were giving them, <laughs> right? And then afterwards they said, no, no, no. Um, Janet wanted four bands to support her for a European tour. And then she saw you and said, no, I just want Emanate. And we wow. were, and, and our jaws hit the floor. Um, you can't imagine. We toured with the likes of E17, uh, Backstreet Boys, of course, Janet. Um, we toured, um, or I say we hung out with TLC while they're doing their European tour. We met Onyx. We were hanging out with Onyx. But, it, but yeah, it's when I talk about it now, I'm, it feels like I'm talking about a dream that I had, you know. Um, and sometimes it really takes me off guard when people remember the band. That that whole period, you know, we introduced the UK to um, Britain's version of uh, New Jack Swing and R&B entertainment. Um, mm. And yeah, and, and currently, we, um, well, currently we will forever be known as um, Britain's biggest selling all-male black boy band of the 90s. 
you can you can tell, mate, by the way you're talking about it, is you can tell you're you're literally reliving those moments in your head, and you can hear how much it means to you. And firstly, of course, yeah. I've got a little something for you. is a massive bop, and it always will be. Um, Thank you, and Emanator's got a massive, massive collection of accolades, like you just mentioned, like the, the sales, the first band to do this, first band to do that. That's you've got, that, that's the legacy, and like you say, if people don't remember yeah. that, then the fact that they are remembering it is it's what is quality for you guys as well. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really special. During that whole period, I mean, I had studied um, at college in Stanmore, um, performing arts, because I really wanted to be an actor. Uh, and um, I didn't really know how, didn't really know how that was going to take off, how I was going to do that. And mm-hmm. at least with M&A, it, it kind of put me, put my name on the map to actually be seen Um by certain agents um, who would then kind of, you know, have me go through the process of gradually getting used to doing these castings that you would need to go to. And um, I found myself an agent um, at Ethnics Artist Agency. I'm Pauline Oni, who's who's been there with me, man, through so many years. This is, you know, we started doing some of the Shakespeare plays, like the Scottish play did uh, Romeo and Juliet. I played Paris in that. And a few characters, including the uh, one of the apparitions and so on in the Scottish one. So, you know, it, things like that. I was getting some really good grounding, and I'd never really thought about, you know, Shakespeare until I'd seen um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, which blew me away. Yeah, <laughs> it is such a beautifully made movie. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and I understood it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. I still struggle with a lot of that old Shakespearean stuff, but I'm sure with your with your tones, mate, we'd all get it. Um, <laughs> well, you, you've gone from M&A, you've gone, from, you've gone to Shakespeare and theatre, treading the boards. Yes. In terms of Star Wars, then, The Force Awakens, 2015, one of the most anticipated films ever. Well, firstly, what, what did you do on the set of The Force Awakens? What was your role? And how did you get it in the first place? Okay, let me um, answer that with the second one first it was like from the time i started doing theater i ended up being thrown into panto right so in panto i i, I started off being the playing the genie of the lamp um for hiss and boo for ian liston who was wes jensen in empire strikes out but i didn't know i did had no i didn't know you know until very much later on and uh then we created this role of tommy the cat who was this black and white cat. He had this red glittering um, vest on with gold buttons and these spats on and, and fur on these on his, on his, on his black leggings and, and this, this furry mane, black and white mane that he had. And on my Afro, I, well, I didn't, not on my Afro, but on this Afro wig, Right, they had these two little white ears, and then I would paint my face. I absolutely loved the creation of that character. And while doing those pantos, I ran into Brian Herring, who operates um, one of the operators on BB-8. Um, you have uh, Matt Denton and Josh Lee who invented the thing. And I, I, I listen. I don't even know how they did it. I don't. Even when they tell me, I, it, it's just it don't make no sense. I don't know how a man made that thing work. Yeah, you know, um, and um, and then you had um, Dave Chapman. So you had you had Brian Herring, one of the operators on it, Matt Denton, and Josh Lee, who who created invented the thing, um, and Dave Chapman, who also operated one of the wolves on What's Up Doc, who I'd met previously and never knew, and um, and the guy who played the other wolf, he he operated um, the tail and and some other parts of Jabba the Hutt. 
Wow. So, so, so there were crumbs being led, you know, early on. And um, Brian Herring had seen me performing um, as Tommy the Cat. And uh, I, at the time, I didn't know that was Creature performing. I was just entertaining the kids and, and stuff like that. I just loved that. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> had that, got that phone call, isn't it? You know, um, so, yeah, D, um, Neil's, Neil wants to come and see, Neil wants you to come in and see him. Okay, mm. right. Now, this is after I know. I've got an inkling what, what Brian's working on because he couldn't say. Um, and obviously, I knew that St- Star Wars was was about to take off and, and go into production. Um, but I didn't, I didn't audition for it. Um, yeah. I thought, no, there's no chance. And um, the thousands and hundreds I'd be up against, um, and I wouldn't even be able to show off any talents because you just walk in and, you know, I, all these things are running around in my head. And it was just like, man, I wasn't seen for 24 and they're shooting Age of Ultron and there's no way they need me for that. Right. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, Star Wars, nah, let me just see how it's <laughs> Yes. So, so then, so then I, I rock up to Pinewood, you know, and, um, I meet, Neil and everybody and and they say okay well we're going to take you so I have to sign all these non-disclosures which you know if you're a Star Wars fan you kind of know that's coming right so it's like <laughs> yep you can have that well, an honor it is <laughs> you know <laughs> and um, they took me through to the creature shop and the first thing I saw was R2 just sitting there oh, yeah and, and R2's like my favorite right so I'm I'm frozen to the spot and I can't move. And I'm staring at R2 and Justin Pithlecki um, and Luke Fisher were working um, on some stuff in the corner. And, and Justin said with a big smile on his face, yeah, that happened to me too. And, yeah. um, and that was that was my first introduction to the creature, creature shop. And I asked for permission. I remember asking for permission if I could walk past R2, <laughs> you know. And, um, yep, I was allowed to, and I, and I kept my blinkers on. I didn't want to look at any of the designs on the wall or anything like that. I was just honoring, you know, just to, I don't want to know nothing in case I don't get anything, you know. And they just put me straight into fittings, you know. And I met Nathan Plant there. I met Paul Warren there. I met Tom, um, Tom Bell there. And uh, we were being seen to play one of the uh, husk wolf type characters, like, you know, Varmic, um, Paul plays Varmic. Um, so he was going to have a gang and me and Tom and Nathan were going to be a part of that gang. And uh, we were getting fit for that. I was thinking, oh, wow, wow, wow. So I was pre- practicing the walk and everything like that. How like when I got home, I was just thinking, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe walks like this and things. And then I had a f- another phone call from Brian saying, yeah, D, sorry. Yeah, we're kind of going to go another way, right? So I didn't know Paul and Nathan were still playing those characters, but they said, you know, um, uh, the, the concept of that has kind of changed. But um, uh, Neil says he's, he wants to definitely try and find you something, so we'll, we'll let you know. And when you hear that, it's just like, nah, they're not going to let me know. That, that, was, that was my shot. And it's just like, you know what? I am celebrating if my career has got me this far to actually be seen, right? So mm-hmm. I was celebrating it to myself, right? So I was, I was in that mode of celebration, and then that next phone call came, and it was from Katie. Katie knew it, um, who works with Neil, and and um, arranged for me to come in, and um, 
Yeah, I came in and I was being fitted for this 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 little this little dude at the time. There was only one on this image and um, one expression on his face, which uh, is which isn't the grinning face. It was Tom's face. Um, would go on to be Tom's face, and um, so I was being fitted for that. And um, I was going to have these shoes on my on my knees because they wanted to play around with the body length and the arm length and all this type of stuff rather than hiring um, a small person to play the role. And then um, I came back again. Tom was there. And this time um, we both had a fitting and then they brought out the heads. And I thought the head that I I thought I was going to be um, given to wear was handed to Tom. And then there was just a, you know, there was a couple of minutes where they said, hang on, yours is coming. <laughs> and and um, I didn't know what they meant by that kind of thing. It's just like, you know, it's like, well, it's going to be the same as Tom's, right? You, you just told me they're kind of twins. And um, lo and behold, they handed me this head with this massive grin on, which... Which I kind, of, which I literally mimicked. It was like looking in a mirror, disturbingly yes. enough, you know. And I could see why they gave me this this head. And um, the moment Tom and I put the put the heads on, we just created this language. And Paul Casey said, "Well, the dynamics is that Tom's always going to set you off, you know. So you can tilt your head or hide to hide your face to some degree, or put your hand over your over your mouth. And then when he says something, you know, then crack up because." There'll only be two seconds of it in the film, or, or if that, um, they're looking for these moments. And I'm thinking, wow, wow, um, I haven't even had a casting. <laughs> right? I then think, and say, they then said, right, we'll see you at show and tell next week. And I was like, hang on, what's that? And they said, well, next week, Thursday, um, uh, we, 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 we're going to have all the creatures and puppets in, in this room. And JJ's going to walk through with his team and pick and choose who he wants in Mazu's castle. And I was like, oh, so we haven't got it yet. And they said, no, 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 not yet. He, he has to choose. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So so I had to put my um, emotions on pause um, for an entire week and <laughs> then um, found myself in this room um, with Dave Chapman, who introduced himself. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, we've met. And and then I met Warwick um, for the, Davis for the first time and his daughter. And I just came over and said hello. And I, I wasn't sure if he thought I was like some crazy little fan, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but he was, you know, he was very polite about it. And uh, next thing you know, Neil says, right, um, JJ and his crew, they're about to come in. And um, just before they do, I'm going to say, creatures, come alive. And at that moment, um, you're going to go into your dynamics and um, he's going to walk around the room and um, you're going to stay that way, stay in that performance mode until I say creatures end. And I'm, I know everyone's like nods and like, yeah. And then I, I suddenly walk up to me and I said, okay, Neil, so, so you just want me to carry on, keep going, right? <laughs> and he says, yep. I was like, okay, right. So next thing you know, creatures come alive. And Tom's facing the door so Tom can see when they come in. And so he starts he starts um, speaking to me in our Abdurian language that we made up. And I start cracking up every five minutes and then pausing, waiting for him to set me off again. And I keep going and going and going. And uh, and then um, right at the end, when Neil says, okay, creatures end, right? So everybody had left. I'd glimpsed JJ a couple of times. Um uh, while I had the head on and stuff like that. So I kind of knew they were in the room um, at one point. So when they had left, 
I take my head off and everyone's cracking up. Everyone's cracking up um, because of this little character. And, and, and Neil sat, down, sat us all down and said, um, thank you. It was a really good um, performance. And JJ's going to have it every single creature that was in this room. And, wow. um, and he said, and can we also just give D a round of applause? And I'm sitting there amongst my peers, you know, people who I worship because they've worked for the Henson Company. You know, I'm a fan mm-hmm. of Sesame Street and the Muppets, you know, and I attribute um, the Muppets to what brought me into um, Star Wars because next thing you know, I'm on set, you know, um, in Maz's castle, <laughs> you know. Um, and as we're walking in, because you can't really see our eyes, we're walking in and JJ's pointing us out to his crew and things like that. And being the t- having the dynamics that Tom and I have with these heads, uh, it, we needed to keep the characters going to find a range and find our performance level, and in the process, um, entertain the crew, you know, um, while we're sitting there laughing away and people coming up to us and looking at us and things like that. But for us, that, and and for me especially, that is what I would associate with Star Wars. You know, um, I wouldn't associate just sitting there and just, okay, and action. I already want to know who this character is. I already want to be performing this, this character. And for those people making this, this movie and they know it's Star Wars and Star Wars coming back or whatever, everything just fit for us just to keep going. It was, it was an amazing thing. Um, I was sat there. I saw, uh, um, I can't remember her name. Lupita Nyongo. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> so I saw her and um, she came to the table and, um, you know, I managed to crack her up, which I was really happy about. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, and then behind us was was Daisy, um, who I'd obviously just seen for the first time because I hadn't seen her on Casualty or anything. And John Boyega, um, and I'd seen Attack the Block and things like that. And and then, hang on a second, there's Harrison. <laughs> Harrison Ford. Yes. And, and, sorry, sorry. And, and it's not Harrison Ford when he's in that gear. It's Han. Oh, wow. Han was stood there, you know. And JJ said to me at one point, right, when Maz says Han, everyone's going to turn and look. And I want you to turn and look behind you. And I hadn't seen him at, until uh, at this point. So I turned and he says, you're going to turn and see Han. And then I turned and Harrison was there staring at me. And he gave me that little wry smile, you know. <laughs> and and thankfully I was wearing that mask because the tears, the tears that could have possibly been streaming down my face, I wouldn't want anybody to see. Right? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and I'm surrounded by all these creatures i'm surrounded by puppets and 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 and, and the puppets are uh, like i said with with henson company and seeing the two to st- i think the two snooty kind of puppets who ended up being sat at the bar bopping away to the music with their little flight goggles on and um that was just pure magic for me and yeah we kept that going for maybe was it maybe two weeks filming or, or we can off I, I lose track but i know we had a long period of filming because harrison had had hurt his leg the the week or so before and JJ wanted to get as much out of that castle as he could and especially for ILM so in case they want to move things around and play around with things I think I counted four cameras shooting at any given one time but I was on set with 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 Han and and Star Wars crew and it was just you know that that you can't put that into words in terms of 
measuring um, the amount of joy, the just and the association and to be and to feel needed and and like you, you have something to contribute to this universe that meant the world to me and right at the end i i said to jj um thank you so much for the opportunity it's been absolutely amazing and he turned around and he said no no thank you i've never met anybody so consistent in my life and and i couldn't speak after that you know um it, you know it was just pure magic pure magic Mm, that's amazing. And, and talking of magic, D, you know, all those stories are magical. Those experiences are, of course, magical, man. And it is surreal to, I think, whenever a Matty boy and I talk to people who have been on the set of Star Wars, it's always, I don't know, it's always a really unusual experience knowing you're the guy we're talking to, the person we're talking to is only like one away from really being in actual stars you were in the actual from you're part of that universe and that's always surreal for us so this is yeah. this is magical for us and it's great hearing all of this stuff anyway but what's it like how magical is it having your own action figure because not every <laughs> not every guy can say oh yeah i've got an action figure because obviously there was an action figure made for i think it's although we in, in the uk would pronounce it key but i think it's pronounced quite toll site from yeah. solo right yeah um yeah. yeah there's an action figure of him and of course that was you you played uh Qu key quay um in <laughs> solo i mean how cool is that do you ever just like i don't know when you're out and about be like Psst, all right mate um want to see me as an action figure <laughs> yeah, then whack I got stuck down your Amelia Clark, didn't I? Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. What's that I've like? I've got my butt handed to me by the Mother of Dragons. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Could uh, be dude, worse. Dude, look, look. These breadcrumbs I was telling you about earlier, there have been plenty along the way. So on my bedroom wall, I had posters of like, um, Batman, Tim Burton, I wanted to be a runner, I wanted to be an extra or whatever. And that didn't happen. And 10 years later, I, I get to do some character support on Batman Begins. Yeah. And the only, the only poster, um, two posters I've never taken off my wall are, um, um, Spider-Man posters, you know, but then Stan Lee, you know, sent me an autograph when he was over, uh, doing an interview for at children's BBC broom cupboard, you know, so he sent me an autograph. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know, and, um, and Star Wars, Star Wars, that poster is still on my wall, you know? So as these things transpire, it's just one explosion of goosebumps after another. Um, and with the toy thing, you know, it, it trickled because, Every time we're doing something, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they had the toys, toys of this character or whatever? And you don't, you don't really want to go there because the, the, the range of joy and disappointment, you, you can be hit with a left and a right with that, you know? So, 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 so it, it was like, oh yeah, it'd be cool. And like Maz's castle, wouldn't it be cool if they had, a, had like a, a little layout set where you could place all these figures for the, you know, we think like that. You know, um, and, and we say these things and just vent it and let it go, right? Um, but then the first one came and it was for Kratinus in Maz's Castle. It was on a um, Lego PlayStation. Um, and that was like, wow. And then uh, the Lego playset of the Millennium Falcon came out and Quetel site was Lego. It was like, oh, my goodness. Okay. Whoa, okay. I can take that. I can take that. That's all good. And then um, Martin Keeler at Fanthatrax, you know, um, handed me 
the boxed version of 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 Quay Tolsai. And and you are right, you know, initially, as far as we were concerned, it was going to be Key Tolsai, you know, and he holds the keys. You know, it's like and mm, and, and, course, yeah. and Pablo likes to play around with these things, so it was like that. But in the translation, it then um, with the American translation, um, without knowing that, I think that's how Quay came about. Ah, right. And I, think, and I think it's a good little play on words for it to be Quay, even though it's key because he's holding the keys, right? Right. And so um, when you handed me that figure, and I know how hard that figure is to get, which I'm I'm absolutely thrilled about. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm rare, baby. You know? <laughs> so it was like... Um, I, ha- I still haven't unboxed it, and I think I've got another one. I think I've got two, and I thought I'll, I'll get one so I can unbox it, but I can't unbox it. It's just I don't know how you how what, how would you feel if if you if they made a character of, of you and and well, we're still waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't one know, day. but you can't quantify it, can you? I mean, no. like you say, growing up loving it, and then the next thing you are it, you are in it, and now you're you're immortalized in Lego uh, in an action figure. I, I don't know how I'd feel about that, mate, to be honest. I'd be excited, put it like that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not something you can take for granted. So it's, it it instantly becomes a treasured possession. And because you have an association with it and um, it's of you in a costume, it's, it's amazing, but it's you in a costume in Star Wars and it's, and it's the, it's the pinnacle role that, that they built up to give me. So, from from Quatinus to um, L one um, the L one manumitted droid called Con, who has a two second part in um, Rogue One, and I play the red droid in the alleyway as well. I, I keep forgetting most of the time for that movie when it opens up, and that droid was originally going to be K two S O. So Neil had already placed me in um, contention for that role. But because I know how they make these movies and, and I still geek out, man, I, I have a proper session when I'm watching the prequels because the prequels behind the scenes is the most epic behind the scenes of anything you will ever see. Yeah. yeah? And, yeah. Um, to, you know, to be a part of that transition where they evolve that um, human-sized droid into a combination of one of those big droids from the Clone Wars and things like that, you know, um, and see that journey and to have been a part of that genesis to then end up with this this CGI character um, voiced by an absolute legend, um, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. It, it's like even that alone is an honor. You know, you could call me up and say, D, we want you just to um, help develop this thing. You won't be on screen, but we want to help. Uh, yeah, my hand is up. You know, I'm, yeah. al- I'm already in the Uber, you know. So mm. it's um, to be a part of that journey and and then to still be in that movie and have the, the seconds that I did with those children, which w- which was actually filmed during our downtime. You know, the kids had all, I'd already met the kids and was speaking to the kids as this, as this Android and they were playing along and stuff like that, having some real good fun. Um, and then there was a break. And then after the break, uh, the people that look after them said, Oh, go and, go and hang out with your, your, your Android. And they came running over and that's in the movie. And that for me is such a magical moment because that's that's the, the the joy and that's the magic that that star wars has over children that's what it's about you know, um 
So, so that was part of that journey. And then, you know, playing several little characters in um, The Last Jedi and then being given Slow and Low and, uh, and then being voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You know, my, these roles were slowly, were slowly building and then it just hit this magical crescendo where I'm actually stood in a scene with Amelia Clark, Woody Howson, Phoebe, I can't say her second name, and what is Walla Walla something. Walla, yeah. Walla, Walla Bridge. Bridge. I said Walla Bridge. Walla Bridge. Walla Bridge. Walla Bridge. Walla Bridge. Walla Bridge. Yeah, I'm stood in this room with them. You know, um, I've just been stood in front of the Manila Vulcan with Alden and Chewie, sorry, Han and Chewie, you know, um, I, I'd seen run into Lando plenty of times when I had some really good chats with with, <laughs> with Donald. You know, um, who who was who absolutely loved the, the the puppets and things like that, especially for that game. You know, he was totally in it, and I and I think that's why he was so dialed in because he's got all these people under the table, all these people next to him, and he's just performing like these. <laughs> he owns the joint and these and these beings are his mates you know um but just getting to play that role and um being a part of that sequence of events um on the famous planet of kessel and not only is it kessel but i run everything on kessel yeah yeah, you know, and I'm planning, you know, I'm planning to sucker these, these, these chumps in, you know, and enslave them. And, um, I then get the honor of having my tushy handed to me by the mother of dragons. You can't ask for more than that. <laughs> no, I, I'd be fair. I wouldn't mind either, mate, but, um, <laughs> maybe one day. Well, yeah, just be fair. So you mentioned, um, slow and low, uh, JGL voiced it. I was foolish. I thought jo- Joseph Gordon never actually, uh, was behind, the mask as well. So it's wicked to hear that you were. What yes. was the difference then between obviously the Force Awakens? You got JJ, the the return of Star Wars. The Last Jedi is is Ryan, and the, they built those big old elaborate sets for the Casino World Canto bike. What was the, yeah. was, there, was there any like fundamental differences between working on both films, or was it you know was it film set? You, you turn up, you you, you no, do what you're asked to do, and that's it. It was. Listen, it's the same universe, you know. Um, and uh, the directors that are directing get it. You know, they've been given a brief. They know what they're doing. Um, they they haven't turned up not knowing what they're shooting and, and things like that. They've got it all laid out. Um, and, and to the point where, you know, uh, they're walking around with instant previs and things like that, you know, on this little tablet. So you see what it is that they're aiming for and what they're trying to get. Uh, being surrounded by so many aliens in in the casino that was that was a beautiful experience because it was it was expanding on the universe you know that we already know so you know there are dives you know on Mos Eisley and things like that and then there are these elite places you know where um the wealthy get to wealthy aliens and and um so forth get to hang out and do their thing and then you you know, you see in subtle, subtle references and these things popping up or whatever, and all you know is, "Wow, man, I'm 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 back. I'm here again." It's 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 amazing. And Neil was was very much on on hand with with slow and low um, for that moment where he points out um, Finn and Rose, 
um, uh, which was amazing to have Neil by my side um, while we felt while we filmed that. And literally, that was only I think that was one take. I, I like to extend it and say maybe it was two takes, but I think that was one take. You know, and what's incredible about that is that. Um, Ryan gives me a line or the gist of what is being said. And the guys will say this, the guys who are operating it, it was Ollie and Steve Kimman at the time, um, sharing on, 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 on that remote. And, um, they repeat the line back in my ear, you know, but, but I say it the same, I say it at the same time because I have to physicalize what it is that I'm saying. And so when that rhythm is there and they say it with that rhythm, the, the body language dictates what comes next. And then what was, what was awesome is that on, on Steve's face, I don't, I don't think I've ever said this, but on Steve's face, he does, he does the surprise look when he's doing it. So, so as I'm, as, so as I'm going, Oh, you know, it's exactly at the same time as his reaction is, you know, mm-hmm. and boom, it was done. You know what I mean? And, and I was just like, Hang on, I want to. Can I just stay on the set a little bit longer? Can we do, do that? Again? Again? <laughs> you know? um, yeah. Can I live on the set, please? Up or something, but um, but yeah, it's it's the same universe. But and then you get taken to Croatia. Oh my goodness! Oh, Croatia, right? I'm taken on location for a Star Wars film. I'm like, I've got goosebumps now. <laughs> wow, wow, you know. And you walk down these streets, and they've decked out the streets, and it's really, really surreal. It's it's one of the most um, unique experiences I've 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 ever had, you know. Um, and everybody in the town knows you're there, you know. And uh, everything's set up, you know, where it needs to be. And this place is absolutely beautiful, absolutely amazing. That I probably would never have gotten to see if I hadn't been um, part of this this shoot. And, and I, and I got to play several different characters, um, while we were over there. What was it Brother Let Rompe and Lex Osuga, who only appears in the behind the scenes? Um, but oh, wow, man, it's just, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, maybe it's, maybe, crazy. It's maybe it's a dream, man. Maybe it's a dream. <laughs> it sounds like a dream. It sounds like a dream, as is all of Star Wars, really. And yeah. Dee, I guess this takes us to your favorite Star Wars film. Do you have a favorite Star Wars? Yeah. Um, and it's um, A New Hope. It's Star Wars. Um, oh, and wow. Really? The reason, the reason why that is, is because not only the impact that it had on everybody when it came out, because I didn't go, I was too young to go to the cinema to, to see it. Um, uh, we, uh, we as a family didn't really go to the cinema much until later on when I was then introduced to the summer blockbusters like E.T. and, and things like that, um, which firmly made me decide that if I was ever going to get into film, I want to do big blockbuster films like that. You know, I was a big fan of Superman. I was a big fan of, you know, um, uh, even though these were TV movies like uh, Battlestar Galactica and things like that. It's just like, whoa, whoa, yes, yes, this is what I want. High end, high end. I can't deal with this this Doctor Who in black and white anymore. No, (laughs) (laughs) I'm showing my age, right? But but this is, you know, that's kind of where I was at. Um, And um, that's one thing. But then as I, 
as my love for Star Wars grew, because we had a long period with the, with the first three movies to watch over and over and over and over again, um, documentaries started trickling out. And then you heard about how hard it was for George Lucas to make this movie and the obstacles that were in his way, you know, um, through a lack of understanding and a lack of, of meeting his mutual vision and, and things like that. And I don't need to ever seen like underdogs really achieve in made up cartoons or in films and things like that. And to know this was a real individual who went through everything that he went through and still managed to get that to the screen to have yeah. every naysayer, anybody who doubted, even those that were helping him make the movie. Yeah. And all of them have to step back and, and give that man some respect, you know, and that the health issues that he suffered, you I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal to, to, to kind of really fight for your dream sometimes, you know, um, but then on the flip side, if you can survive that fight, man, it's going to be worthwhile um, tenfold, you know, and that's why I have this, this passion for this, this movie, you know, um, it means more than just being the genesis of what came after with Empire and, and things like that. Because by then, after watching the documentaries, you know, he was making episodic um, movies. Um, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, just, just taken aback. And I got addicted. I couldn't get enough. So I kept finding all these other different documentaries and things that he would say about it and the journey and, and him and Ford Coppola and how he started, um, wanted to get into photography. Um, there wasn't a photography class um, at, at uni or college, but there was a filmmaking class at uni or college. So, you know, you just look at the man's journey and it's just like, yeah, he deserves, mm. he deserves every amount of love that people have for this franchise. And uh, I see that when Dave Filoni talks about George, but when Dave Filoni talks about Star Wars, I see that. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to um, witness that and also then see it still grow and him to, and he's still attached you know it's just from that one movie and if if that movie had been stopped if that movie had been pulled um if uh he hadn't been able to get it past the script phase let alone the um storyboard phase we wouldn't have anything right now you know what i mean we wouldn't have marvel the way it is we wouldn't have um, these superhero movies, half of these action movies through the technology that Lucasfilm developed and just ran with um, like a freight train. We would have nothing. And yeah, yeah. If, the, yeah, if there was a church of George Lucas, man, I'd be there. I already worship at the man's feet. George, George <laughs> yeah. would always be in and around Star Wars. Now, though, mate, so with details. You're never leaving Star Wars. You're part of the gang now. But uh, honestly, I can't let you go. <laughs> without asking, I know there's a lot of people out there who will be wanting me to ask this, but okay, how do you fancy giving us a rendition of the Star Wars theme with that wonderful voice of yours? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Feel, feel, um, feel free to. I know we're putting you on the spot. Feel free to say nah. I'll, I'll, say, I'll no send thanks. you one, but yeah, yeah, Luke, no. you can do it or, instead, or just freestyle. 
freestyle over it you know give us a little star wars freestyle no no listen i don't do that man i'm too you know i'm I'm funkadelic man but i tell you what (laughs) i'll I'll give you something appropriate right okay ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっとだ、ちょっ
Rancor, Weequay, Bothans, Obs, Nomoidians, Deveronians, etc., etc., etc. Tim Griesbach loves a variety of aliens in the galaxy. Luke, what's your favourite species? Oh, mate, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I really like Rodians. <laughs> I really like Rodians. Um, McClunky. Uh, what is Bib Fortuna again? Um, really, I should cool. say, what about... Um, oh, he was a Twi'lek, actually. Yeah, he was a Big main... Big Boy Fortuna. Yeah, of course, oh, yeah, he, he was a, of course yeah, he's, he's a, a Twi'lek. A... When I think of Twi'lek, though, I do think of the females. Yeah. I don't think yeah, of yeah. the males, really. Um, do you know what, though? Cheeky shout-out. I did a little quiz today on Instagram. I don't know if you saw that, Matty Boy. Yeah, what I did. I did. Based, you know, who's going to come out alive and stuff. And who who do you think most people went uh, with dreamiest eyes? Oh, so I put, I put Weetief Sayubi. Sayubi? Weetief Sayubi. And Beza. Beza Fontuna. Um, both from Rogue One. Uh, Wee Teeth is the little bloke in the, um, you know, like the little, little rebel bloke. bloke. It's Warwick. Warwick Davis plays him. Yeah. No, well, no, what you mean. Well, yeah, because they're going to be a tall bloke. <laughs> yeah. I, um, well, I picked the one at the top, not Bezo, because right. Bezo, he looks like he's been through the walls and not eaten much. Yeah. Well, the, do you know what? Um, the votes went to Bezo in this one. I loved him. What? I love Who's voting for Beezer for the most yeah. dreamy eyes? His eyes look dead. No, he's... Uh, well, a lot of people look at him and think, oh, look at him. What a lad. What a you stud. Know. Yeah, what oh. a stud muffin. What about uh, who's the best mother? Mama Tyrell or Mummy Beiru? Who did you vote? I went Tyrell, I think. Oh, me too. I went Tyrell. I was like, come on. She's like looking after four kids or something. Exactly, By the mate. pod racer stage. That should be a name at the next Star Wars celebration. Cod Racer stage. Yeah, we're claiming that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but no, there was loads of other stuff, but it was all good fun, wasn't it? It was all good fun. That's it, mate. So uh, we all know that Luke loves a Rodian now. So yes. there we go. I don't know what I'd pick. I like a Duros as well. Cad Bane yeah, awesome. and um, that fella from Battlefront 2. He was great. The really um, really sarcastic one who hung around with Lando. What was his name? Uh, Shreve. Shreve. He was a yeah, lad. He was great. so. I love what, a bit what's of the one Duos. where it's Abdeb Nebo or something? Abed Nido. That's it. Yeah, I love those. They're one of the best new era. Geezer from I The think. Force Awakens and the sequel yeah. trilogy. That's it. Yeah, they're fantastic. I love those. I have a pop vinyl of the main one from Force Awakens or Last Jedi. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. But yeah. There we go, man. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Bin, bin filth. Bin filth. Yeah. We love a species over here. Thank you, everyone, for sending in your favourite species. Uh, for more wonderful contributions, go check out our social pages. The posts are up on there and you can see what everybody else has been saying. And if we didn't get to you this week, we will endeavour to get to you another week. So please do keep sending in your uh, wonderful contributions to our posts. And maybe you'll be joining us in the Bantina next week. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be... So good. Best podcast. Best podcast. That is right. It is the spiciest part of the Butterbot Bantina. It's the patron questions section where our patrons get to ask us a spicy question each and every month. And to start us off is our boy, the King of Kansas. It's Jimmy Adams. Let's hear this question, Matty Boy. 
Luke and Matt, here's my April Patreon question, but first, a visual. Picture this. A person's heading to school. They're wearing a Star Wars t-shirt, wearing a Star Wars backpack, holding a Star Wars lunchbox, and finally staying safe with a Star Wars face mask on. What are you picturing right now? Now, what if I told you that person's a 45-year-old teacher who wears a different Star Wars shirt every day of each nine weeks, so giving me about 45 Star Wars shirts. He also has a Star Wars lanyard with as many pieces of Star Wars flair as possible pinned on it. So here's my question. How much Star Wars is too much Star Wars? Is there such a thing as too much Star Wars? Can't wait to hear what you have to say. I'm hoping it ends in my favor. Stay spicy, gentlemen. Jimmy from Kansas. Jimmy from Kansas. What an absolute tank. We love him. We love him. Um, Matty boy, at what point is Star Wars too much Star Wars? Over to you, mate. Um, well, my first thought was mm. you can never have too much. There's, you know, there's no, no, there's never going to have too much Star Wars. But obviously, the uh, the practical side of me thinks, you know, if if, too, if your Star Wars obsession started to that impact your health or on relationships with your loved ones was detrimental to that. Then you may need to reevaluate your priorities. However, that aside, there is, I don't think there's any, any boundaries to what, uh, how much Star Wars you can have in your life. Like Jimmy's just visualized. I'm visualizing that tank walking through Kansas and I'm loving it, man. Absolutely he is a tank. It. He is a tank. He's a, he's a king. I'm loving, do you know what I mean? I, if it may, if something makes you happy, then you embrace that, especially in the times we live in now. But, there was a time uh, where Star Wars, it wasn't cool to be a Star mm. Wars fan. You couldn't say mm. it, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's all the rage. So we live in a society. Uh, we live in a new world now where, you know, geek doom is celebrated, thankfully. It's cool to be a Star Wars fan. But even if it wasn't, you know, show it loud and proud. And I mean, Star Wars is for everyone. Like we see, we hear about Mark Hamill where, uh, on Twitter when he, people say to him, oh, you know, my daughter was bullied at school for liking Star Wars. And he's like... You know, have, have, have they never seen Star Wars? Like Princess Leia was the was the biggest BA in the galaxy. I mean, Star Wars is for everyone, man. So I, I don't think there's any boundary to being a fan. You, you collect everything, wear everything, hoard everything as much as you can. As long as it doesn't affect your health or relationships, I don't see any problem with that. But what about yourself, mate? Uh, right. I, I think it, good answer, by the way, I think it Maybe. depends on the context of the question, right? Like if we're being serious, like if it's cinematic, then yes, I don't want a Star Wars film every month. I don't want a Star Wars film every six months. Ooh. I'm not even sure if I want one every year, but TV shows that's different. But even then, you know, do I want what they're doing with Marvel? Do I want, uh, one division? followed by winter um winter soldier and falcon head um <laughs> which i really liked by the way um, good. and loki you know only in a few weeks uh, it's a lot you know it's a lot not sure if i want that for star wars um so in, in short yes when it comes to your swag jimmy you know it comes down to you and the way you're wearing it bro you know, the way you're owning it, man. Like, 
you can have a dress or a certain outfit out on that suits one person, but on another person, it doesn't doesn't suit them. And maybe it doesn't suit them because they don't feel comfortable in themselves, you know. And like Matty Boy said, it um, it it it's a lot more socially acceptable to say I am well into Star Wars. That's like one of my hobbies, you know. So. Yeah, I think it's kind of... And also, Star Wars... Isn't me, Matty Boy? Star Wars kind of has an edge to it at the moment, right? Like, people kind of like Star Wars. It's almost like a band t-shirt. Like, wearing a cool Star Wars shirt is almost like wearing a cool, like, 70s, like, Led Zeppelin t-shirt. That's it, right? Yeah, Rolling Stones something, or something like that, yeah. Yeah, Stones or something, yeah. Yeah, but maybe that's just me thinking that. Maybe that's me just being up. It probably is me being optimistic about that. No. Um, oh no! Uh, but no, I I think there's a lot of room for Star Wars, mate. There is a lot of room for it. But even with me, Jimmy, I'm 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 not I'm I'm pretty particular on where I show and 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 like display my Star Wars. Like in my home, it's not just Star Wars stuff everywhere, right? It's Matty Boy's been there, so maybe a wee bit more. Um, um, I don't know. Architecture. Yeah. Loves yeah. a building. It's here and there. It's a bit more subtle is what I was looking yeah, at. Yeah, it's kind of scattered. A, a, I was just reading around. something and I had a brain fart. But yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, there's the Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Good conversation starter, you know. It's a good shout, ladies. Yeah, so look, there, there you go. There I you hear go. you, man. Yeah. I hear that. Jimmy's got that drip. You know, he, he can pull anything off. But no, you're right, of course. Yeah, as long as it doesn't become too much to the point where it's annoying everybody else but then again i think it has to get quite far but jimmy nice one mate thank you so much and for everyone listening what do you think to jimmy's question mm, can there be such a thing as too much and like, like luke said you know you can take that in varying context not just like in a personal level but actually in terms of content creation and output so jimmy nice one mate uh the next question we've got is from somebody i know quite well really grown fond of this guy sean hudson my brother older he uh says <laughs> My what kind of lightsaber <laughs> would you choose for each other? So, Luke, we have to choose uh, each other a lightsaber colour. Yeah. What would you choose for me? I know. I as soon as I saw Sean's question, I knew the answer. Yeah. It'd be it'd be orange for Matt because Matt thought uh, Ray's lightsaber at the end of Rise of Skywalker was orange at first. <laughs> Colour blind. I was, like, yeah. I was like, do you know what though? I was listening to someone else the other day saying. Oh yeah, Rise of Skywalker logo, definitely purple. Like what? Um, what planet are you on? It's blue. <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no way. Oh, okay, well, again, if, <laughs> if somebody's looking at we, we who who may have like difficulty picking out colour, yeah. fair enough. If not, <laughs> it definitely isn't purple. I know, I know. And uh, it was an old podcast, actually. It was an old episode, and they were saying how, oh yeah, well, it's like blue and red coming together. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's blue. It's, it's blue. not purple. But I, I like your I line of thinking. Blue. I like the line of thinking. I respect it. Um, yeah, yeah I think that. orange, my boy, as well, because it's a bit different, you know, mm-hmm. but quite a happy colour, quite warm, you know. That's. I think that's what I'd go for you, buddy. English rose. Um, for oh. you, I've <laughs> just got a ra- bit more... Hang on. Yeah. Just randomly drop English rose. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a lightsaber, isn't it? So. It's like, hang on, with... Um, hang on, what's that again? It's her lightsaber colour, so I thought let's just No, it's yellow. Yellow is English her lightsaber colour. Well, I thought it was orange, didn't I? 
Whoever those. I thought. Yeah, I thought you're like, hang on, we've gone over an hour without mentioning <laughs> Daisy no, no. Razy Diddley. So let me we just drop in English. We, hashtag well, those guys who never podcast thought Tross was purple. So give me a break. <laughs> um, it's for all you, good. yeah, I'd go. On. I'm going a bit, bit basic Billy, but there is, but it's not quite right. I'm going for blue for you, oh. but not just not just like a boring old goody two shoes Jedi blue. I'm right. going Greg's blue. I'm Greg's taking the <laughs> I'm taking the colour from the Greg's logo and having yours at that. And obviously the handle would have some orange on it, so they're all like the orangey gold. So when you look at it, it's like oh, it's like a, a commercial for Greg's. Um, so it's so a bit you, darker, slightly darker than your usual. Uh, blue lightsabers, exactly, yeah. orange hints, kind of, and I can throw sausage rolls up here. You can cook it near it, but just, just lay it down on the side, put put a sausage roll in close proximity, a few seconds, it's um, it's cooked. And I think the darker blue adds to, it kind of show, evokes the layers of complexity within your personality, my friend. Yes. It's not and just blue like blue. If Count Dooku were trying to start something on me, I could force push a, a steaming hot... Not what, not what you thought it was. I was going to say a steaming hot steak bake onto his face. Oh my eyes! <laughs> ah, then slash like gone. super hot, just fresh out the oven. Steak. You bake. know, you know, Dooku was a, an apple Danish kind of guy, isn't he? Oh, I love. Do you Jones know what? Greg's. I went to Copenhagen. Had mm. had uh, pastries there. Ooh. Mad, mad. Going to say it right now. Better than Paris. Oh, that's 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 big talk. I mean, I've yeah. been to uh, Paris. I haven't been to Copenhagen. Paris yeah. was uh, the Macaron. That's what I got to remember. Those to yeah. the Mando recap will understand that in joke. But yeah. the Macaron were incredible, and the, just the pastries in general were superb. But I love an apple Danish as well, mate. We need to go to Greg's soon and get some. Let's do that. Pubcast done. Greg's Let's cast. So Greg's uh, so we got Greg's blue and uh, English rose orange for our <laughs> lightsabers. <laughs> what about you guys as well? Keep them coming in. Yeah, keep them coming in. Right. Okay, Paul Buckle up with the next one. He goes, right, late question, but topical. If you could spy on a currently in production <laughs> Star Wars TV show, which would you choose and why? I love that. Spy. Uh, Andor, local, etc. Mandalorian Season 3, California. Um, Ahsoka, California. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, uh, because... Why not? Uh, Kenobi. Kenobi! So, uh, and this is actually how Paul has written this. I'm not just going <laughs> off on one. Or, I'm not butchering Paul's question here. Uh, Matty boy, what are you saying about Paul's question, mate? I love how our super well-organised um, reconnaissance trip has now just been, if it was spying anyone in a bush. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was that yeah. to a point, actually. It was. Live show, much, check it yeah. out. Um, where would I, uh, well, my mind initially went to mando because it's california you know sun you can go to get some of those pastries you mentioned earlier on some burgers i can go to hollywood as well go to la la land around that way um i'd also got to go to go to kenobi just to see if we can catch a glimpse of what hayden and you are planning if they're doing some choreography again but also one that wasn't on the list rangers of the new republic could be pretty sweet just to see the ships on display i think rangers would probably be the one which, like we saw of the Andor drone shots, so shout out to those, wonderful. With Rangers, just think about how many ships would be on set, potentially, like uh, physical ships. How impressive would that look if it is the show that we think it's going to be? You know, X-Wing and A-Wing and all these other things. That could be pretty cool as well. You know, sneak onto set, sit in the cockpit. Could be good, my friend. So Slap some people. 
slap some people about, you know, try and get some uh, security passes. <laughs> so I'd go Rangers just for the ships on display, or Mando simply because it's California and we might be able to see Grow Grouper. What about yourself, mate? Right, right. Yeah, I'm so with Andor, I do feel like they're toward the end of the production now and it feels like we've seen a lot of it already. So um, I think that's the most realistic one still. You know, just hop on the train or in the car, be like, oh, all right. Diego Luna. What, Diego? Have you, had a, sausage up, roll? Have you had a sausage roll before? Um, I don't know. Probably Mandalorian Season 3. If I, it, um, Or Ahsoka. Or Ahsoka. But I think... I'm, I'm really excited for Book of Boba Fett, but I think I, I kind of like have a feeling on what it's going to be. Whereas with Mandalorian Season 3, I have no idea where it's going to go. Same with Ahsoka. Like, imagine that. Imagine spying on the Ahsoka set and you see Ahsoka and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Or and, and Ezra, do you know? What I mean? Like that would be mental. That would be crazy. So, yeah, if if someone was putting a DL forty four to my head right now, I'd say Mandalorian season three, Paul. Good shout. Maybe they could do filming around celebration. We'll go to California, just hang out there as well. That would be sweet. Yeah. Uh, Paul, nice one. And the final Patreon question for this week, and in fact this month, comes from um, the another. Uh, member of Welsh royalty big boy Matthew Bell and he asked this this is a good one he said we all love grabbing a bite to eat while we're out and about and it seems that the galaxy far far away is no different another thing we all love is rigorous food hygiene standards you're right if you were food hygiene inspectors in the Star Wars universe which eateries would you be praising and which would you be shutting down so Matthew says for me I reckon that Maz Kanata would be due a commendation I get the impression that she would run a tight ship and the kitchen would be spotless. On the other end of the scale, I think some of the street food vendors on the Ring of Catherine might be a bit dodge. So uh, we're food hygiene standards and we're going around the galaxy, my friend. Right. Uh, what, what are you giving a five stars to and what are you uh, trying to 86? What are you trying to shut down? Um, mm, it's a hard one. When you think about it, you know the uh, Opera House on Coruscant? They're going to be serving drinks, aren't they? They're going to be serving yeah. drinks. And would you like some caviar? Maybe some tinned mackerel as an alternative. I don't know. Um, it's going to be. It's going to be five star. It's going to be seven star. Dude, right? that is. So, it's going to be a few Michelins. Mm. Um, mm. Now, Dex's. Let's talk about Dex's diner. Dex's apron looks pretty filth. It reminds me, I remember years and years and years ago, I was around a mate's house in Landon. This is like West Basildon. Bit of a rough bit. Bit of a rough bit of uh, the town. And there was a kebab van there. This dude, in the UK, there's like a a, a health um, standard um, rating system. Food food standard, yeah, rating system. And it's out of five. This had a two out of five. <laughs> and oh, they have to display this as well. They have, by law, they have to display it. They have to display it. And dude, we still ate there. <laughs> but I bet it was the best kebab you've ever had. It was all right. It was. It, was, it wasn't anything to shout about, but it was like, it was just like, why did we do that? It's just, that's a classic teenager thing, How ain't it? How bad do you have to be to get a two out of five? I know, right? And I, it was just this dude on his own in this kebab van. I was like, what? What's wrong? How bad you have to be to buy something from there? I know. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what? I had a kebab on Friday night on uh, Lee. We went and met up with my friend Winnie, 
and um, all of the pubs and stuff were open. So we went and got a few cans from Tesco, didn't we? And nice. Drunk them in a car park. <laughs> <laughs> Standing around having a few cans. It was great. It was really Proper good. teenage thing to do yeah. all. With a late cheeky, teens. cheeky kebab. Um, oh, that sounds like the dream, mate. Yeah. And I, I, well, other than that, I'd be going, I, I'd be, yeah, no, a dream. It is a dream. I'd be going left, right, and center on Jeddah, shutting down food stores. Like, hang on. What's going on here? Yeah? No, you're out. What's going on here? No, you're out. And then, just the, also, final shout to the Lego version of Dex's Cantina. Oh, oh, Diner, sorry. Dex's Diner. The Lego version where you run around as Qui Gon there. That might be uh, pretty cool. Well, that's it I really can't, <laughs> I can't argue that Dex is always a bit sus I mean the waitress um, Hermione Bagua she cleans things on her apron Dex looks like he cleans all name. manner of things on his apron it was her name yes the droid um, she, in, in no uh, the actual blonde female waitress who rubbed, rubbed, wipes things on her apron or whatever that was her in canon name hang on what are you talking about I remember the droid and I remember Dex there's a blonde woman who's a waitress who is hanging about there and she um oh so yeah, I don't know if she has any lines or not but she's definitely there what yeah she's definitely I don't recognize her where was she during our attack of the clones commentary we were god i don't even want to think what we were going on about at the time just <laughs> rambling on but um he's definitely there and i know that I um my the session stands will be able to absolutely confirm that but yeah she's wiping things on her clothes dex yeah he wipes anything all over himself the the Jeddah street food, yeah. Where are they cleaning their utensils? Where are they cleaning anything? Yeah, come on. Uh, what else? Yeah, the kitchen in Maz's castle. You, th- it looks clean. It, there's a little sh- canon short story which is in, around about the journey to the Force Awakens time called A Recipe for Death. And they said the chef kept the place clean. He loved it, but then somebody was murdered there, which may cause like contamination issues. So yeah, I'm entirely be. sure I want to get a burger from there. They tend to do um, that. Yeah, mur- you know, that sort of blood spatter can you know be a bit no, bad around food but there's a the, the power sliders restaurant on Abafar in the clone wars where the d squad that really annoying arc we had that meba gascon idiot and all those droids <laughs> went to liberate this planet and they found gregor all disheveled working as like a pot washer or something that looked grimy but ogre's cantina mate on bar two that place looks pretty spick and span that place oh, looks I'd love to. great yeah yeah. Yep, so yeah, sessions on Batu. Make it happen if you want. It's, it says here on Wikipedia that Dexter Jetster rescued Hermione Bagua from the filthy streets, giving her a job at Dex's diner. Well, gave her a roof at least. Was she was job. always a favourite among the customers. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, my word. Only in Star Wars. Oh, I no, went on what... to become the diner's head waitress. There we go. If that is go. not. A foreshadowing of the Skywalker saga. I don't know yeah, what it is. Canon character spotlight returned for one week. That's why Obi was so yeah. pleased when he came in. Hello, Hermione. Hello there. Hello, Dex. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Hello, She's real. So that's what we think for our wonderful Patreon questions. Let us know what you think about that. You know, what uh, restaurants or diners in a galaxy far, far away would be legit, and which ones would you close down? in a hot second where would you like to spy on in terms of star wars tv productions what color lightsaber would you like and is how much is too much in terms of star wars how much is enough so honestly thank you for those patreon questions it's one of the most entertaining parts of 
of any episode that we do. So we're going to be back again this time next week with more Bantina action, with more Patreon questions. Bartender, sorry about the mess. We'll see you again next week. It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! That's right, Lukey boy. It's the game time. Uh, this one's a little bit different. It's less, less a game, but would you like to hear what you're doing this week? Yes, I would love to hear what I'm doing this week. Right, well, we had that naughty boy Dion, and as you know, D was in a band, Emanate. Bop, I want you to create a Star Wars band. I want it's a fact. It's about it's a, it's five members, and I want you to give you know to pick a character from Star Wars. Each of those members has got to have a, a role, like singer, bassist, drum, whatever. Right. What would you call the first song? And what 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 kind of musical style are they? So five members. What do they play? Give me a title for the song, and what's the style of the band? Right. That's the game this week. Yeah, easy metal band. Uncar Plutz up front. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Mine. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> um, we're gonna have um, Chewbacca's mate. Is it T four Tail four Tarful Tarful T four is like Tarf- a Tupperware company, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is Tifal. Yeah. What Tarful, is it? Tarful. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's right. It. That's it. I I had his action figure growing up. He's on the drums. He's got a mental. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Animal. Um, who's on guitar? Um, should we go all alien? Yeah, man, try go for that. It's Dex. your band. Dex, Dex <laughs> is going to be on guitar. Um, backing vocals as well because he's got yeah. that. He, he can keep up with Ankar. You know, that's mine. That's mine. You know, you know, what do you know? Yeah, he can. He, he can. We need to go on the keyboard for when they jump into 80 synth every now and then um i'll rio from solo could do that rio durant yeah he sounds like a band it's a you know a lowered keyboard for it and way in the back playing bass is george lucas you know like yeah george or papanoida no it's george it's straight up george with flannel jeans New Balance shoes. That's it, sneakers. That's it. That he's going to be wearing. He's going to be wearing sunnies, and he's going to be on the. He's going to be on Bad Boy Bass. Right, yeah. Just, like, look at me. Neck dance. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. It's <laughs> honestly, and it's going to be a metal band. <clears throat> you want to know the name? I want to the name of the band. Yeah. Name of the band is um, Full Portion. <laughs> <laughs> name of the name of their hip greatest hit. Uh, full portion. Um, oh, what could be the great their the, the, the biggest hit? Probably um, their smash hit, um, Phantom Menace. <laughs> Storms are coming. That's Jira. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's a love song to Jira. Jira okay, Jira. Okay. Jira Jira, storms are coming, lady. Storms are coming in my heart. Because obviously she died. Yeah, yeah, in that storm. Yeah, she didn't get away in time. She died. <laughs> so she died saving the ones she loved. That's right. That's she right. didn't kill anyone. Storms are coming. <laughs> well, don't forget it's metal. 
as well. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. but then they, you know, a lot of metal bands like Guns N' Roses, they're more hard rock. But, you know, they have something like November Rain, which is a lot softer. Gets they a bit do. heavier, but they do, you know, sometimes yeah. they start like those big old power ballads, aren't they? Yeah, it's 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 a love song. It really is a love song. Uncar Plot, you know, really did love our um, Gyra, Jira. Storms are coming. It's an image. Yeah. And he's upset, you know, he has to. And since unfortunately she died, you know, he has a barbecue every time he thinks about her. <laughs> that's right. And every time he'd see Jira, he'd just go, that's mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. used to have a lot more of a softer voice, but he's done it so often. Uh, he let himself go and he so. Yeah. And, but George is good. George is there for the crack, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the good one I created. Yeah, good old George. Yeah. Oh, so it's all mine. <laughs> Full portion. Uh, what was the yeah. song called again? Um, Phantom Menace. Storms are coming. Phantom Menace. An ode to Jira. We've yeah. got all those people you just mentioned: Rio and the gang, Dexter, Uncar, uh, Tarful, and George. Um, rocking out, mate. I think we've got. I think Galactic they're going to be skanking. People are going to be it? out there moshing and skanking, like, oh, I'll yeah, they're it. so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the band may be a bit smelly. Uncar doesn't look clean. Tarful's a Wookiee. Dexter, you know, he didn't wash his chef's gear, but George always looked quite good. Yeah, George is... And Rio like, Durant's like a monkey. Yeah, George is a tank, so he's always smelling real good. Yeah, he smells like, you know, musk, old spice and that. So, well, there we go. On that strange tone to end on. What a naughty game. Well done there, my friend. Well, um, what another great episode of Star Wars Sessions. Episode 112. We've had some R&B royalty. We've had some great Patreon questions. We've spoken a bit about food. Mate, could it get any better? No, it doesn't get any better than this podcast right now. People, people are going to be like, well, that's it now. Show's over. Going to have to get on with uh, washing up or whatever you're doing when you're listening to us. You're, you're not wrong. It doesn't no. get any better, but the fun does end there, unfortunately. It does. But it doesn't really end there because no one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Find us on socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're all there. Just search Star Wars Sessions. We will be there. Uh, drop us a cheeky voice note or message to our email. Hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk. Yeah, so good. Mm. Mouthful of tea. Mouthful of tea. Mouthful of tea. We're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the dives and diners in the galaxy, Amazon Podcasts, anywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, you find us there. And if you do love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. So drop us a review over there as well because it helps us more than you know. It helps us grow and we get to have even more engagement with you spicy lot each and every week. So thank you. Yeah, big thanks, big thanks. And uh, don't forget those cheeky Apple podcast reviews. They help immensely. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum. Tell your mum, yeah? Tell your dad. Tell your mates. Tell your cats. Tell the... Um, what? How? How should we say? Uh, Janet Jackson. Uh, tell your cousin the more the merrier. The castle spicy. Tell your Ewok too. I forgot the Ewok. There you go. Do that little geese and quite toll site as well. Tell us yes. that this yes. is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya.
And from Luke. May the force be with you always. Luke. Luke. King of Raffrain. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. They are Essex-based podcast heroes. Kanji Club.